I thought we'd break down one of the most important reader questions. How do I find the right golf ball for my game? Hello, everybody. This is episode number 91 of No Putts Given. I'm Miranda. I've got Tony, Harry, and Chris here with me today. And this is the episode that you've been waiting for. We have ball test data, and we're going to break it down for you. Balls. Do you remember the ball test, Tony? Did we? Did we do it? Or did you just black out for like a week? <laughs> it is. I mean, it's such a blur at this point between doing it and then just, you know, feeding in the data and trying to draw meaningful insights from it for everybody yeah it's an adventure glad it's over with uh would love to never do it again but can't I don't wait for the next one really that's not going to be acceptable to anybody i think so. you got about two years of a break no it's not even it'll be a year and a half probably yeah. yeah we'll see yeah and by then you'll be excited about it again we did get a lot of comments about how mammoth an effort it must have been to collect all of this data and like you said make it meaningful for everybody, why don't you give people an idea of how long and how many hours that you put in behind the scenes crunching data to make this happen? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, right? There's there's this, the stuff that everybody sees or everybody who sees it sees, which I guess is is sort of the, the report, what we wrote up itself. And then there's the test itself, which we live stream. So some some people see that, but there's there's a lot of planning that goes into it talking to people, trying to figure out, hey, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is this is the volume of golf balls we have to test because that's always a challenge for us. If you're Callaway, Titleist, pick a ball company, Bridgestone, when, when they do testing on any given sort of test for them, they're looking at two, three, maybe four golf balls. You know, we're, we're looking at 37. So that's... We're sorry we didn't capture every golf ball on the market that is yeah. like a one piece to a five piece golf ball. Oh my God. Yeah, why don't you give the lowdown on why only urethane balls? We would still bloody be there. Well, come on, one thing at a time here, Miranda. Give me I'm sorry, so, I was gonna say, so, everyone was asking yeah, why we'll no get, urethane yeah, we'll balls. Get there. So in terms of like, you know, what it what goes into it, right? There's the planning, there's the sort of planning for the data and the data management tools, which, you know, we built based on the previous test data to have that ready as, as, as much as we possibly could. And then, you know, solidly two weeks trying to crunch what we had. So, you know, end to end, literally four weeks of, of time going into it. And that's, you know, with the whole team, not, not accounting for all the guys out there. So to Miranda's question, why urethane? Well, ultimately, this is a performance golf ball test, right? We want to find the highest performing golf balls. And look, I understand some of you have two-piece ionomer balls that you love. Some of you even have shit two-piece mat cover balls that you love. And while I can appreciate that, at the end of the day, the highest performance golf balls all have urethane covers. This is this is you know kind of an undisputed fact across the industry. And so you know, once you decide that you're not going to play a urethane cover, that that's not a performance decision. That's that's ultimately usually a cost decision. Sometimes it's a color decision. You know, there are different reasons why, but in terms of just pure performance, you know, that that's really what we wanted to look at. When you talk pure performance golf balls, you're looking at urethane covers. But so 37 urethane balls were well, tested. 36 and a range ball. Yeah, but that's Fair 37. Enough. Yeah, We got some inter interesting information, and that'll come out in lab form later. We we hinted um, to it a little bit in the write-up, but all of that testing data will come out later in a specific lab. But I think a lot of the feedback that we were getting was, why not name a top five or the number one ball in golf? Why didn't we do that? 
at least my goal with this was to focus on the performance attributes. I think we do a really good job in Ball Lab quantifying quality and consistency. And certainly we we saw some things in the performance test that translated from, from what we saw in Ball Lab in terms of, you know, things just being a little squirrely, if you will, in some cases. But there it is. I love that there word. We got to get it in the in terms of why we didn't name a best ball this time, like I, I, you know, I have some opinions on what I think are the best ball for the middle of the bell curve, but fundamentally my, my thinking on this is that from a performance perspective, there's really no such thing as a, a bad ball or, or the best ball, right? There is no contrary to Callaway's marketing, marketing, <laughs> a golf ball that is better for everyone that is objectively bullshit. And so <laughs> I didn't want to participate in something that is objectively bullshit and say, this is the best ball for everyone. Again, right. I think there are some balls that are better, some that are worse. Um, I, I would also say there are balls out there that only maybe 1% of the golf in public should play but i think that's the point and, yeah that and that's what i was getting at so you have like these i think a great example is is the kirkland right that is a ball i would not play and the reason i would not play it is that it spins so much so much more than than just about any other ball in the test but if you're a guy who hits it low if you hit a low and low spin that might be a ball that you should consider there yeah there is a guy in the mizuno rb tour series another one right where they tend to fly a little lower kind of peak higher and and again spin a lot not a ball that's for everyone all right but what about what about this ball Inesis 900 yeah i mean that one we we did see some mm -hmm. some squirrely stuff but again mm -hmm. like if you want to talk just in terms of the performance characteristics higher spin so yeah. kind of where they're kirkland but and like the kirkland it is a value proposition so if you right. say hey yeah all right i'm gonna listen i'm gonna play a urethane ball i want something that's actually going to spin which the majority of two-piece balls don't then yeah, that, that's a lower priced option. And so that's kind of the mindset. Hey, what are the char performance characteristics of this golf ball? And then, you know, go from there. I mean, part of the reality, like, again, it, it was kind of fun for me to watch the entire process from afar, you know, kind of just, I, d I don't know that I watched the entire live stream. You did not watch almost the entire, almost 60 hours. Chris, to be fair, <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> and, and therefore, therefore, I, I, I'm deeply troubled by some of the results because I, you know, I can't trust. I mean, it's not like you had a camera on you all the time. <laughs> but, you know, like, to me, it goes back to there's always trade-offs, right? In engineering this stuff, there's always trade-offs. And because of that, it, it's not unlike certain equipment, right, where we say, okay, there there isn't a driver that is the best driver for every golfer out there, but there is one that's probably best for you. So any ball, every ball does something, but no ball does everything for every player and in my mind that's the objective bullshitometer you know approach of like okay there's going to be a cost benefit uh here regardless of what ball and like you said that that's why it's hard to say hey there's a best ball for performance because what tony needs is going to be different than what harry needs because we know harry struggles with greenside spin he can't get the ball to check around the green because he's you know uh, an exceptional golf. Yeah, chip yeah right. right, whatever. But, you know, Tony, who creates a tremendous amount of spin on a lot of different shots, you know, can, you know, could spin a rock fight. All of the shots. Right? And so it's like, yeah. you just look at that and you say, there's no way that, that the ball that's best for Tony is also going to be a ball that's great for, for Harry. And you see that played out actually on the highest levels of golf too, right? And people have different preferences for how to play 
different shots. Some guys don't want to play high spin shots around the green. They want to do it a little bit differently. And so this idea that there's one ball that's better for all or a ball that's best on every shot or whatever is like... I mean, if that was true, if that was true, then every Callaway player would be playing the same bloody ball and it wouldn't matter that you're changing it. Yeah, if that were true, there'd be one There'd be one sandwich shop in the world. The Jersey Mike's, nobody else would exist. It would be, yeah. <laughs> Tastier for everyone. All right, let's break it down. Uh, moving so, Tony, on. Moving on. The way that we organized the findings here is we separated some themes, right? So there were some certain things that you found, and one of those is what we found in 2019, soft is slow, but we added an asterisk this year. Soft is slow, but... That's a nice thing about doing this, getting your reps in, right? You, you're you able to sort of find things faster, understand what to look for. And so last time soft was slow, soft is slow was kind of the breakthrough revelation, even though kind of, you know, a lot of golfers didn't know it. The industry knew it, kept it quiet. But uh, this time it was like, yeah, soft is still slow, but, and then a, a series of findings trickling from that. And kind of the, the, the big one, first one up is soft doesn't spin. And mm. so, you know, invariably, we find that the softest golf balls spin less. Uh, and the reason it's, it's not necessarily that there's a direct correlation. It's just all the things that you have to do to make a ball feel soft, which, you know, primarily make a soft core, require those outer layers to be a bit firmer than they would be if you're dealing with a firmer core golf ball. And so, you know, spin comes from putting a soft layer over a hard one. And so if you're putting a progressively harder layer over a softer core, that's hard over soft, not going to spin as much. Is that across the board from driver irons and then 50 yeah. yards and then chip oh, shots? Yeah. So yeah. pretty yeah. much yeah. And everything that's the other thing. Is, like yeah. you get a little bit of this in the table, but for the most part, a ball that it's pretty that is high spin off a driver is going to be high spin off even a 55-yard wedge, which was kind of eye-opening. But yeah, so these low compression balls, the, the, the examples I would give uh, – TaylorMade Tour Response, Duo Professional, uh, Bridgestone RX, RXS, Callaway Chrome Soft, all of these things that are, you know, 75-ish, you know, sub-80 compression, if you want to speak in really broad terms, spin appreciably less than than kind of your, your Pro V1s of the world, your Tour Bs, especially as you get into the higher compression balls. Now, you mentioned that if it spins off a driver, it spins off the wedge. We tested all of these balls with three clubs, a driver, an eight iron, and a wedge. Why do you think the driver and the wedge were seeing similar results? So it's it's fundamentally that you know, if you go back to some of the marketing, right, at lower swing speeds, you don't compress the core with the driver. Again, you know, good story, not exactly true. We see <laughs> that's why we see ball speeds, you know, the balls that are fast. And again, this is just the ball speed number to be clear. The balls that generate the highest ball speed at 115 miles an hour driver swing also generate the highest ball speeds at 85. So that there's your compression correlation. And so... You just follow those same lines, those the speed holds up and those spin profiles hold up as well, because even on, say, an eight iron shot at relatively low speed, you're still, you know, not as much, but you're you're getting I wouldn't say necessarily into the core, but you are still getting to a point where you get the interaction of those layers. Mm -hmm. And so the spin properties definitely translate. So, again, higher spinning at at 115 mile an hour, whether it's the iron equivalent is or the driver is going to be typically higher spinning at, you know, slower drivers and eight irons. It's just, you know, and again, you do see some movement in the table. But if you look again, using that Kirkland as the example, right near the at or near the top, every step of the way on the other side of the you know table, Bridgestone, 
uh, RXS, the uh, tailor-made tour response, really low spinning across the board. And these these kind of things hold true in basically every scenario we test right. is the key, I would say. Well, and the, I, it's kind of like there's buckets, right? Like in my mind, when I was thinking about it, it's like, like you said, it's going to kind of trace throughout regardless of what ball companies will tell you. Oh, this is, you know, lower spin off the driver, but then it has, you know, all the tour preferred, you know, characteristics around the green. It's like, you have to understand it's relative to that category. Right. So it's like if you take a ball that relative to that category and very typically relative to the other balls in that same manufacturer's line. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. like if you have a ball, so just take an example of one ball, let's say that's higher spin uh, off the driver. Right. And then you say, oh, but it's lower spin off the irons. Well, it may be lower spin relative to how high of a spinning ball it was off the driver. Like maybe it went down one little notch or relative to something else in its lineup. But it's like. Again, it has to be relative to that. Like, hey, I didn't eat as much ice cream last night as I typically do. Here we go. Which is still four to five times the amount that probably the uh, the FDA or whoever <laughs> you know recommends for any normal human. Is there an FDA recommended amount of ice Whatever cream? Whatever it is, I exceed it on the daily. You know, it's like <laughs> so it, it it's relative. So you're not going to get a ball right now that's oh this is crazy low spin off the driver, but unbelievably high spin. You know, around the greens, it's going to be, I mean, that'd be like the, you know, the bullshit ball of 2021 or something. The Tony Covey bullshit ball. That'd be great. There we go. (laughs) Tony, another one of your key findings was forget about launch angle. Trajectory is the thing. Can you explain the difference? Yeah, this this one was kind of fascinating to me. So and, and it started when I pulled up the kind of the raw, unfiltered, untweaked data at the high swing speed driver. And I'm like, all right, let's look at launch angle. And I'm like, you know, sort of squinting, almost like pulling my face right up to the screen. And I'm it's like, it's all within one degree. Maybe not. Yeah. Even so I think even kind of after we threw out some of the really abnormal stuff, we ended up like 0.7 to 0.9 degrees difference of launch. And even even irons, it was relatively minimal. You know, if you wanted to find two standard deviations as your threshold, <laughs> they're all the same. And I think, you know, golf, we tend to have to be less strict on that to find meaning. But launch angle is very similar. But then we start looking at other characteristics of trajectory. So for me, that is, you know, peak height. How high did the, the ball fly? The, the peak height distance, meaning how, how far, far down, down range did it reach that height and then ultimately the descent angle so how did it fall out of the sky and so you know we we see balls that that tend to get up in the air very quickly have sort of what i would call near (laughs) or or something along those lines peak trajectories and then kind of come relatively straight down you know tony tony what balls would you say all right give me three balls one that basically launched at everyone the same they all launch the same. <laughs> well, yeah. So launch the same. So get a good trajectory Check. and then kept going. Like instead of just falling out of the sky, it just pretty much kept going. Like an AVX. I mean, there's a, a few standouts. So, you know, Chrome Soft, I think, is a good example of a ball. Like if you really need to to kind of get the ball up and then have it come pretty straight down. My recollection, and again, Will, when we when you look more closely at, at trajectory, we can confirm that. You know, Chrome Soft is kind of that... You know, that get up and and kind of overcome the the lower spin through a steeper descent angle. So that's when you look at and go, yeah, you know, that's that's not for me, but that 
that's a scenario that could work for the right demographic of golfers. My my preferred golf balls, we mentioned a time or two, the Pro V1X Left Dash, that one was notable as kind of the one that really kind of peaks farther down range what we saw. So kind of more of a penetrating trajectory, right? Kind of just a a slow climb and then kind of just that that gradual descent. So now is there a good correl is there any correlation between like trajectory, um, I can't even speak today. Trajectory. Trajectory. That's four syllables. There, four syllables. there you go, yay. So that and then descent angle and then the correlated distance. So obviously ones that's going to have a steeper descent angle could potentially be shorter. Is that true or false? It, and it, it could potentially be longer. And that's kind of, this is why I kind of, right. you know, there's a golfer mindset, right? Like it's, if I give you a set of numbers, if I put up the table and say, hey, find find the best driver, the best golf ball, whatever it's gonna be, like you're gonna you're gonna scroll until you hit that distance column. Nine times nine golfers out of ten, probably, that's gonna be the first place they start. And you know, what I would say is we we had to publish distance numbers because golfers wanna see that. We know that we can't sort of hide it because then I mean we already get accused of hiding stuff if we just say, <laughs> hey, we're not gonna publish distance numbers because well, the here. fact of the matter is that those distance, those carry numbers really depend totally on how the golf swing interacts with both the launch and spin properties, but also the aerodynamics of the golf ball. So Bingo. if let's say, you know, you and I were to swing the same same speed for once, right? We, I just have this magical day where I'm swinging 128 mile hour driver, 128 with you. But our our sort of dynamics of, you know, how much loft we put on the on the driver, all of these things that we know vary from golfer to golfer are different. We might produce similar ball speed numbers, but because of our differences in launch and spin, right? It's all- Yeah, dynamic loft, launch, everything. Right, it's all part of the distance equation. And so, you know, my longest ball, even at, even at say 128 mile an hour driver swing speed very likely may not be your longest ball. And so that's, yeah. that's kind of the things you can't really account for. And I would also add too that that is something to think about just in very general terms, when when you look at any manufacturer who makes a claim, you know that says, "Hey, our ball is better than this competitor's ball." Take a look. Like, okay, I'll call somebody out directly here. So I was looking at Vice, for example. If you look at the Vice Pro and the new Vice Pro Zero that's coming out, right? They they both are better than a Pro V1 according to Vice, right? You look at the Vice website; they have their independent testing that that sh independent testing they paid for that shows that their ball is better than the Pro V1. Uh, and then you look closely; it's like, well, we we tested one of these balls at like 108 miles an hour, something like that. And the other one at like a hundred miles an hour, even though they're roughly in the same compression range. And hey, maybe that's maybe that's an accident. Maybe that's oversight. Maybe that's you know any number of things. But also maybe they understand that these are conditions that create the most favorable result. Optimal for that difference, right? And again, it's not just vice. You no. see a hundred places if you look closely. So that's mm -hmm. just the kind of thing to keep in mind. Like the sort of the conditions of the setup matter. And that's why we sort of tried to, as best we could say, hey, this is this is as close to an optimal situation as we can get based on standard launch and, and spin tables. But here's a question too, is, is or, or I guess a statement is, it seems like the shift that you noticed in that is forever, we've been looking at uh, ball performance in these things, like standing behind somebody hitting the ball and watching it go down range, launch, spin, et cetera. And basically what we've done is kept that perspective, but then shifted somebody like perpendicular. 
and now we're watching it go launch down range, peak height, descent angle, and final. So it's like, you know, we went from, you know, this perspective to looking at it from this side as well. And that tells an entirely different story. It is really interesting when you, you kind of look at that and see, for example, situations where, hey, both of these balls averaged almost exactly the same carry. And then you go again, make that perpendicular rotation and look at it from the side and go, wow, but they got there two entirely different ways. And so depending on how the golfer delivers the club, one of those is definitely going to be better than the other. And so that's a case where, you know, looking through the data and go, hey, all right, this, I think I need more spin, I need less spin. That's kind of where those differences are gonna shine is understanding where you are with your golf ball and then saying, hey, okay, I know what I have, now I want to get, you know, either maybe it's I need a more spin or less spin, or I want a little bit more speed, a little less speed, or maybe I want it to fly higher or lower, whatever it is. That's, that's what I'm hoping you can extrapolate from our data in general. What I'm hearing right now is robot testing is the way to go for golf balls because it's consistent variable hitting at exactly the same point every single time. But then when you take it into a golfer's hands and put it into a golfer's hands, yeah, we're, we're providing a relative baseline, yeah. right? Every golfer is different. Yeah, it's like a good umbrella to start off with, and then you can go from there. It's all a recommendation is what we're yeah. doing. A, a flies higher than B. We can say that confidently because we used a robot. But again, that the, the relationship with those two balls is still going to stay the same. It's that what happens at the end of it is different. But we, you know, that, that's ultimately our objective is to say, you know, hey, you know what you are, where you are. You know kind of what your golf ball does if you need it to do a little more of this and a little less of that. That's, you know, where we can, where I think the data really can be helpful. And within that, you know, we do make some some general recommendations. Ah, you ah. to my next point. All right, yeah. <laughs> so the last of your key findings was that golf ball models are significantly different, which I think is why we're able to make specific recommendations, right? So we broke this down by swing speed and club, um, and it can get fairly intricate in terms of the way this was laid out. So if we can generalize and kind of help people read through this, Tony, high swing speed driver, you make specific recommendations for. We give you the robot averages and everything. So for your high swing speed results, for low spin, you made three recommendations, the Snell, MTBX, Titleist Pro V1X, Left Dash, and the Vice Pro Plus. Why those? So, I mean, I will start, and there will be some people who, who aren't going to want to hear this, but I'm going to be absolutely blunt about it. There is almost no scenario, and, and certainly no broad general scenario like we're trying to cover here, that I wouldn't recommend a Titleist golf ball. Um, and again, there are niche players where if you said, but this, but that, I certainly would have you go in another direction. But if you say, hey, give me three to try, a Titleist is always going always to be one be that, yeah. because we see it okay. in Ball Lab, how consistent it is. We see it, Harry will talk, you know, what we saw during the robot test. It was ridiculous. Um, we actually went out on Ballsy Limb during a live feed. <laughs> ballsy amazing, Limb? Yeah. A Ballsy Limb. You like Ballsy Limbs? I, that sounds like a great golf course name. We, yeah. <laughs> we basically said... <laughs> just just watch this and we basically said this is going to be the spin this is going to be the trajectory this is going to be this that and the other of the pro v1x i think it was at the time and yeah it did exactly it just, what we said exactly because it did it the entire test so yeah but anyway yeah so the left dash and again low spin being relative right and so i think so is this if you're a low spin golfer or you want low spin so if you need to bring spin down good question gotcha. and so and, and keep in mind here one of the things it was 
As I mentioned earlier, we tried to hit optimal windows for each of our different scenarios. With the high swing speed te driver test in particular, we got higher spin than I would have liked. And you know, you sort of don't realize it until you're deep in like, hey, this isn't gonna come down. And so we didn't, we decided not to start over. Um, and one of the benefits of that is we did see those scenarios where, you know, if, if you're a golfer, high speed golfer who spins 2,800 plus with a driver, yeah, a low spin golf ball, can work for you because you're offsetting that speed penalty with super low spin. But when I made these recommendations, I tried not to think of the extremes, right? That's kind of a, once you're at the extremes, that's kind of a whole different thing. So, you know, whether it's my spin recommendation or, you know, the spin recommendations were sort of like low spin, but not super low spin. You need higher spin, but not absurd spin. That was kind of the mindset there. So yeah, certainly left dash, the Snell, I mean, yeah, it, it was a little different performance than we saw last time, but I still think that's one that really kind of kind of walks that kind of, you know, low-ish spin threshold at times. And that's one where we do see a little bit more movement in the table. So again, just a ball we, we, we liked from the first time we saw it. And while definitely not as fast this time for some reason, um, we, we still like the overall performance. And then, yeah, Vice Pro, and, and for the most part, I would say, you know, most of the Vice balls were unremarkable not good not bad just you know nothing really stood out but the vice pro again for this kind of higher speed lower spin or guy who needs lower spin that's another one we kind of looked at it and yeah that that's a really solid performer so we liked that one quite a bit as well and what i mean doesn't it make sense so based on its you know like again we talk about third party manufacturers factories uh you know overseas stuff where you know you're effectively ordering off a menu wouldn't you expect to see performance that's somewhat similar to other balls that are ordered off the same menu more or less yeah i mean there we'll see there certainly uh <laughs> there'll be some talking points later <laughs> so if you're looking for higher spend tony you've got in you're in the high swing speed group you've got callaway chrome soft x titleist pro v1x and wilson's staff model why those so chrome soft x is and this one i will say in my mind is sort of right at that threshold of man for some guys it's going to be too much spin but it is just kind of that, you know, for for that player in particular, we saw it, you know, based on our settings. Again, it was it was long. Certainly, the higher spin, with in general. I have a question. Yeah. It's a, it's titled Chrome Soft. Is it soft? What's its compression? Uh, weren't no, it's we a, saying soft doesn't spin? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's soft in name only for sure. Yeah, okay. Chrome, Chrome Soft is relatively soft. Chrome Soft X and XLS are definitely not soft. But again, okay. that's one where. You know, we see it, I, I would put it at the at the higher end of what I consider to be the beneficial spin range. So that for that player, I, I kind of like that ball quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, so Pro V1X, look, you know, it's arguably the, the most consistent, best performing ball in the test. And again, that's broad strokes. I'm not saying it's better for everyone. I'm just saying like, you know, we were really impressed with what we saw. So <laughs> look, the Pro V1X is what it is. Like, I don't have to tell you that's a good ball. <laughs> Jesus. But I will say the Wilson consistently a surprise and and i don't mean just in performance like we knew that that was going to be again like the like the chrome soft x it is kind of on the higher end of the spin range but how it performed in the test was just constantly there especially when we looked at ball speed just no no real declines no shortcomings and 
kind of linking that to the quality perspective, what we find in ball in ball lab, just a really consistent, excellent ball. And so, you know, that's a case where I'm like, yeah, this is one. If, if you're that player, don't rule out the Wilson. It's a really solid golf ball. Probably, you know, I don't want to say surprisingly impressive because again, we'd already seen the results in ball lab that suggest that, hey, yeah, this is a really solid ball. But if you are looking for more spin, particularly if you're a high speed player, that's one to look at. I would say, probably avoid the the raw version just because once it gets a little wet like a matte ball you are going to see degradation in, in spin performance so there you go yeah if it gets wet it's going to get weird wet is weird. <laughs> wet is weird uh you also have a balanced performance category tony with the snell mtb black TaylorMade tp5x and titleist pro v1 what does balanced performance mean you're just looking to keep things consistent yeah this is sort of like hey i'm i'm the middle of the bell curve player like i don't i don't hit it too high i don't spin it too much or too little i'm not hitting low bullets sort of like you know sort of the as i like to say the meat of the market golfer right the the sort of like this this giant sphere that encompasses average performance characteristics so again like like pro v1 is a pro v1 just a a tremendous golf ball i'd like it a little firmer that's me but and and you'll find too these balls are all right around 90 compression which is kind of you know where a lot of companies try and go with this particular for their, their mass market golf ball. So that's the Titleist. The TaylorMade, the, the TP5X to me is, is really interesting in that they've, I've mentioned before, softened it up quite a bit more from the previous generation. And now it is it's much closer based on everything I've seen, what I've measured, uh, what we see in testing, much closer in performance to a Pro V1 now than, than a Pro V1X or a firmer golf ball. And I, that's, that's a ball that I just, you know, I like what I saw during the test. Ball Lab, it's it's done reasonably well. A little, you know, little squirrel here and there, but nothing like, oh my God, you know, trash the whole box kind of thing. And it's, it's a ball I've played a little bit and I kind of, you know, again, I'd like the spin to be a little bit lower for me, but it's, it's one I, I like and I think may scare off guys just because it has an X on it. But I think between the two tailor-made balls, it's probably the better fit for, for more, more golfers. Oh, the Snell MTB Black. Yeah. yeah. Again, just solid kind of middle of the table performance. Okay. So then if you want to take a look at some more specific data for drivers, irons, and wedges in the high swing speed category. We break down total distance. uh, We break down spin. There's all kinds of charts and graphs you can take a look at there. But moving on to recommendations for mid-swing speed golfers. And Tony, what do we have mid-swing speed at? What? 100. So yeah, that's, we think, you know, this is a good spot based on our surveys. We know that the typical My Golf Spy reader is somewhere between 95 and 105 average swing speed. At least that's what they tell us. <laughs> and so, hey, you know, that seems like 100 is a pretty good number. It could it could be a lie. <laughs> so it's more like 90, 90 to 92 than probably in reality. They also yeah. hit at 350. So for low spin for our mid-swing speed golfers, Tony, we've got recommendations for the Bridgestone Tour BX, the Srixen Z-Star XV, and Titleist Pro V1 X left dash. There's a lot of letters and numbers. It's a lot of numbers. Yeah, again, I'm just like, if you're trying to cut spin at, at all, like, and you want a a real kind of tour-like ball, like left dash is always going to be on that list. Sorry, not okay. sorry. The, uh, what were the others? Bridgestone Tour BX and Strixon Z-Star XV. Yeah, I, I love that that Tour BX again in that kind of just a tick lower spin category. I, I played it quite a bit over the years, still play it from time to time this year when I'm just 
kind of look at trying to look at differences. And I think again, for somebody who's trying to take a little bit of spin out of the game, just a just a tremendous option. Strix and yeah, this is again the Strix on this is their higher compression. I think we have this at 96, and this is one where you know it, it didn't pop a lot through the test, but for whatever reason, under the conditions we tested, it was just right there. And I'm like, yeah, for that, for that guy. And it, it's interesting because it's traditionally been a higher spinning ball. And here, just looking at the numbers, it was like, yeah, you know, this under these conditions, this works really well. So that's another one I, I, I like for sure. Okay. If you're in the mid swing speed group and you're looking for more spin, we've got recommendations for TaylorMade TP5, Titleist Pro V1X, and again, the Wilson staff model. Yeah, and so the one we haven't talked about here is the the TaylorMade TP5, and like the X, I think this kind of caught us a little bit by surprise. We knew again that the compression was was quite a bit softer than the previous generation, and it was it was higher spin than I was expecting. I thought it was probably going to be more mid tail, but it really cheated to the top. And and again, among the the true tour balls, not you know the ones when I say true tour ball, I mean, you know, that has a compression rating and spin properties that you would actually see and play on tour. Like it, it's kind of, again, at the, like the Chrome soft X pushing the limits of, of what I might recommend for a guy looking for just a bit more spin, but yeah, just, just one, again, some squirrel on a couple shots in it. So, you know, certainly not my highest confidence golf ball, but in terms of just pure performance, this is one where like, Hey, I need a little more spin in my game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And we talked about the Titleist Pro V1X and the Wilson staff model. So for balanced performance, we're seeing the Bridgestone Tour BX pop back up, the Snell MTB Black, and the Titleist Pro V1. Yeah, those, I mean, all, these just kept coming up as we go, hey, you know, does this, does this tick all of the boxes for those middle of the bell golfers? And I, and I like those balls. And, and I would throw in too, because we got asked about it somewhere, like, you know, somebody asked about the, the Bridgestone B and the BX, mm -hmm. and it's 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 interesting. Like both of those, you know, the, the XS in particular kind of floats like between almost a, a higher spin ball, just sort of just right on the edge of what I would consider the average spin range. So that's yeah. that's one that I, I tell people is like, you know, if, if there's not a Bridgestone on this list, it's it's probably the next one up, depending on the category mm -hmm. every time. Well, and I saw that too question, like the longest ball in mid swing speed for driver, right? Longest ball was max slide. Right, CG, I yeah. believe, and MaxFly yes. Max Tour, tour not the Tour X. I'm going back to previous ball lab. You know, it was like the number three ish ball in terms yeah. of consistent production yeah. over time. And so when I was looking through, they're like, "Hey, if I'm looking for something that's long, and I'm in that mid swing speed range, again, I think there's uh, there's a lot of good balls in this category. But that one kind of popped out to me a little bit because, like you said, people are going to scroll through and Say, okay, well, what's the longest ball? You know, and, and we saw that with Snell last time around, year and a half, two years ago. I think seeing something a little bit similar with with Maxfly this time around. I mean, we though the Maxfly is tested really well in our first ball test as well. And we found some things in, in Ball Lab, which we've talked about with Maxfly with the X. It's just, you know, there were some issues with one of the boxes, but even that's generally pretty solid and you know, we talk about those more, you know, there, there's a quick section we dropped in about direct to consumer and value recommendations. And again, it's, I, I feel like the max flies almost get overlooked and, and we tend to do it too. You know, golfers, when you say, Hey, direct to consumer brands, it's, it's Snell and Vice are obviously the, the first two that come to mind. And, you know, we, we talk about Encore a little bit here and there and we, we show, do I have the Vero box, the Wayne player 
um, master <laughs> do the, special. Do the hand thing again. It, you, it might yeah, be it's over. It's actually the box <laughs> is still over there. But you know, we talk about those, and and sometimes we overlook Maxfly, and right. that's one where you know, what are they, thirty five bucks a dozen, and sometimes they do bogos and things like. I that. I feel like they're. I feel it's know. like shopping at one of those cold stores, or wherever. It's like that's what it is, but it's always less than that. Like there's always a coupon, and yeah, it's you know. Whatever. Yeah, and it's Ooh, I mean it's just again if you if you want a solid tour quality or you know tour spec if you will golf ball like yeah I mean it's 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 legitimately tough to beat as I put it right there with the Snells and and yeah. you know for the, for the money anyway. Yep. Okay, and again, if you want to look at the the longest, or did we we didn't put the shortest in there, did we, Tony? No, I don't think yeah. anybody is going. Hey, you know what? I, I hit the ball too far, and so could you tell me what's going to be the shortest golf ball for my game? I didn't know if we put it in there in terms of what to avoid. How do I roll back the ball without rolling back the ball? Yeah, you know. Chris, I've been struggling at, at McGregor. I've been flying the fourth green consistently, so maybe, really? maybe I should seek out a ball that's just a little shorter. Oh, maybe ledges. you should just you should just club down. No. Over number four is a great place to be. That's no, ideal. Over four is death. <laughs> anyway. But like I said, if you want to take a look at the longest, the highest spinning, uh, lowest spinning, and those sort of things, you can take a scroll through lots of charts and graphs to guide you through that. So on to slow swing speed recommendations. For low spin, we've got Bridgestone, Tour, BRX, the TaylorMade Tour Response, and Titleist AVX. Can you walk me through these, Tony? This is kind of a mix, and I'll, the the AVX is is a little bit weird as it tends to be lower flying than the others. Again, some people need that, and not as not as weird as the first generation, I would say. Again, I just you know, in low compression in general, without excessively low spin, I I really like the RX for a slower swing speed guy who wants soft feel. Like if I can concede that, all right. If I can bring myself to let go and, and concede, okay, that's what some guys are going to buy. I love the RX in that spot as well. Um, okay. So and the, and the tour response is trends lower spin, but you know when you kind of look at the distance in some scenarios, like it's kind of hard to ignore that one. Okay, and if you're a slow swing speed golfer and you're looking for more spin, you've got the Callaway Chrome Soft X, Titleist Pro V1X, and Wilson Staff Model listed. The Wilson Staff Model keeps popping up. Yeah, and this is one where, where again, you, it's it's fighting a little bit of a mindset where slower swing speed players, for whatever reason, maybe it's marketing, maybe you know it's just personal opinion, have this idea like I can't play a firmer ball, I can't compress the core, I can't do uh. X, Y, and Z with it. And the fact of the matter is. If you need to add spin into your game, guess what? You're going to need to step up to a higher compression golf ball. And you know, we, we talk all the time about yeah, for for lower swing speed players, th- those X balls can be really good. And so yeah, that that's kind of what I went with in that direction. Now I will kind of add one to the list that that wasn't on the list um, originally. But if you're sort of like, I still want that soft feel, and I want as much spin as I can get. You know, just looking at, at what we saw in our data, the closest recommendation I can give you there is probably the, the Encore Elixir. Um, but again, I would like if you if you're a slow swing speed player and you need more spin, look at those higher spinning X balls. Don't don't worry about compression. You're going to compress shy the core away. just fine. Everybody just, compresses the core. We could do that as a T-shirt. You know, yeah. like everybody <laughs> compresses. Yeah, it, th- those may seem like unusual recommendations, but again, I mean, it could it could it could be like we you will find the core. Yeah, like, you will find it. You're you're fast just enough. Be, just trust. We all compress. I love little bonus nuggets of information for our MPG listener. So that's nice. Bonus. So say that one more time since it's not there. Encore Elixir. Yeah, again, sort of a you know not not super duper low compression, 
um, by any stretch. Um, not like a, a Tor Response Bridgestone RXS Duo Professional, which I but think lower. were the three lowest yeah. compressions. But it is kind of in that, you know, just a, a little bit below 80, so kind of softish feel and still spins a little Soft. bit. So that one, that was kind of an interesting option for that golfer as well. Balance performance. We've got Bridgestone Tour BXS, TaylorMade TP5X, and Titleist Pro V1. Anything weird or wonky or surprising there, Tony? Well, again, I think it's it's a mindset thing, right? Where like, hey, I want, you know, I'm a, I'm a slower swing speed guy, so I want soft feel and I, you know, don't compress the core of this or that. And so I need a soft golf ball, whatever. But again, trying to think in terms of true balance, which is, you know, a, in my mind, like a, a reasonable speed property. So not super slow, a reasonable kind of in that mid launch, mid trajectory, even and, and mid spin window. And I think again, you know, I, I've been saying for years, like for slow swing speed, speed players who kind of just want a little more spin than they get from low compression offerings. I always love the BXS. I mean, the Pro V1 is, you know, definitely not better for everyone, but it's a really kind of versatile ball in that, you know, again, because it is really sort of textbook middle of the bell curve. It works for a lot of golfers. And, it, and again, that TP5X is a case where I think golfers will be be scared off by the X, but when I think balanced performance, like, you know, kind of Goldilocks, right? It's, it's not too much of this, not too much of that, not too little of this, just kind of just right. Like it's it's one that, that I think really kind of stands out in that kind of space. It's almost like TaylorMade needs to come out with a higher compression, like TP5 X or like X squared or something than people want to be scared of the standalone X. Triple X. Well, and, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, manufacturers say, I mean, right, Titleist is still fighting to when they kind of switch the properties of the the x and the, the standard pro v1 people go what do you mean the pro v1 x spins more and like when did that happen right that was that's a pro v yeah yeah well it, it happened like two generations ago but it's not exactly the same scenario but TaylorMade did something similar when they you know they took on our measurements you know eight eight compression points so mm -hmm. they basically went from from a comparison they they took the x the tp5x from a pro v1 x compression and down dropped to it a, a full a category pro, basically to a pro v1 yeah. and then kind of trickled the tp5 which was closer to the pro v1 at the time down from there so yeah if, if you sort of knew only knew the tp5x from the prior generation and, and it was too firm for you well this ain't your mama's you tp5x know. yeah it's you know we're a little bit different now here in generation three yeah all right, can we can we shut up the people that says where's the dispersion pattern? This test is irrelevant. Can you give us the dispersion? Why is it not in this test? Yeah, you can never shut up those people. I think it's a valid question. I it think is it's a valid, valid question. question. Yeah, no, super fair question, and we we wanted to, we absolutely wanted to, but you know, there is a challenge in testing thirty-seven golf balls and getting a a really solid sample size of shots. You're going through, you know, to get through sort of one rotation and. You know, our rotation was two to four golf balls. So, you know, we'll hit four of these, move on to the next one, hit four of them, move on to the next one, move on to the next one. And so to, to get through that, you know, we're talking a two plus hour, about, you know, hour and a half, I would say, to get through one rotation. And then you do it again and do it again and do it again. And you keep going until you're done. And, and what we noticed is that when we kind of looked at the everybody's dispersion patterns are like these are massive what the hell's going on this this doesn't gel with what we saw and what you see when you're watching is kind of a slow transition and so what i went did and went back and chunked everything out into 15 minute windows and said all right what did what did the shots do in this 15 minute window and you could see you know where 
you know, the, the patterns were shifting, effectively shifting with the wind. And, yeah. you know, I looked at our previous data from 20, 2019 and we, we just didn't have the wind last time that we had this time. And so a, a sample size of, you know, three, two, three, four shots isn't really enough to, to sort of say, hey, all right, here's the dispersion. And so, you know, I didn't want to look at it in groups of four and there was just with the wind too much left, right. And so observationally, I can tell you, hey, yeah, this ball looks like it moved against the wind one time, but it, it would have just been sort of unfair. It could have been misleading. Yeah, yeah. I, di I didn't want to jump to conclusions that I that I couldn't wholly support with the data. And so again, just, just looking at the wind and comparing it to what we had last time, I said, you know what, it would be nice if we could do this, but we have our left-right distribution here, which is a key component of a, of a dispersion metric is unreliable, hmm. unfortunately. And so, you know, we, we had to be cognizant of that. Environmental factors could have skewed the data and we didn't want to give you incorrect information. Yeah. In a nutshell, correct? Yeah, and it's, it's a lot, exactly. It's a lot harder to sort of account for, you know, when you talk dispersion, you're essentially talk, talking about, hey, let's draw a circle around the shots and, and let's tell you how big the, the area of that ellipse is. That's a lot harder to account for than, you know, front to back wind, we were able to mitigate very well, I think. Very comfortable with those numbers. You know, I'm not concerned of skew there, but again, the left to right stuff and trying to draw a circle around it. Um, yeah, I just I just wasn't comfortable with that. So observationally, I can tell you there were some things I didn't like, but to back that up statistically and feel confident in it, again, I don't I don't want to present anything to to our readers that I'm not, you know, that I don't feel fully or at least as adequately and accurately represents what happened um, as I possibly can. And, and dispersion is one of those cases. Well, let's let's satisfy our listeners a little bit. What's one observation you're willing to share, whether it be statistically backed up or not? Something. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was going to get there. I was going to get where's the holy shit moments that we saw. And for me, yeah, I mean, for me, there was two. Right. So there was two. There was the tightless tour speed being ridiculously good. Um, <laughs> Just consistently over and over again, just down long, the middle, long, long, I would say, long. consistent, like that was a huge surprise because that was the, you know, not as premium ball as they would say has the process that they do. This is where was their injected urethane instead of their um, cash urethane, right, Tony? Correct. And that was the funniest thing because it was kind of, it, it to me, it, it was, hey, up yours, everyone else. This is... That's what you call premium. But for us, it's just, you know, it's not quite good enough. So it was, it was, that was kind of funny. Whether that was our intent, that's where I got from. The other moment was, hey, Chromesoft is actually, seems to be doing a lot better. And I wasn't there for the first one, but it seems to be doing a lot better than the first time around. Yeah, and that's, that's the other thing. So first, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll speak to, I think you're right, Torsoft or Torspeed rather, kind of overlooked in the, in the Titleist lineup. And I would say, you know, looking at some of our consistency metrics, which again, we didn't, we didn't touch on. I would, I would tell you looking at Ball Lab in general that that ball is not as consistent as other Titleist offerings, if I'm being brutally honest. And, uh, you know, I think that came through well. There were certainly some highlights. Yeah, it was really kind of surprisingly long because of the low spin. Looking at the standard deviations, maybe, you know, not the first Titleist ball I would recommend in any scenario, but a, a strong performer for a guy who wants that, that low compression. Uh, speaking to your point on Chromesoft, yeah, I mean, that's one where, 
look, Chromesoft launched us down the path of, of Ball Lab and everything we did because it was such a, a disappointment, um, sort of moving against, and again, right, everybody has their marketing, but sort of, you know, positioned as the, as the greatest thing ever. And we looked at it and it was just objectively bad. And so that kind of set us on the path. And, you know, we've heard about these factory improvements and quality improvements and things like that. So, you know, did we see that in the test that it come through? Yes, this this newer Chrome Soft significantly better, like to the point where I think I actually recommended it in a couple places. Mm -hmm. It was on the list, you certainly. Did? Yeah, low for kind of that that guy who who really wants a, a low compression, softer feeling option. You know, Chrome Soft is is in that conversation for sure. There's no way last time around I would have recommended that ball to to anybody. You know, my recommendations say, hey, you know, if you're if you've got a match with your buddy and trying to beat him, you know, <laughs> give him a sleeve. Um, and that's that's so we're we're kind of in an entirely different place here this time. You know, X, I think, was a little squirrely. But again, I, I can't say confidently. It's just one of those things where I look at it and go, maybe, maybe not. Um, and as long as we're talking about the Callaway golf balls, the the L.S., ChromeSoft XLS was surprising for me because it, by no reasonable measure, is really a low spin golf ball. Um, you know, I would I would put it kind of low to mid spin, but if we're we're looking again left dash and, and balls like that, which you know Pro Plus probably is another good example device where you do see nut spin numbers that are appreciably lower than others in that you know similar category. LS is lower spin than a Chrome Soft X, but it, it's not low spin. And I think, again, we talk about everything being relative within the golf, golf ball space. So I think Callaway has accurately characterized that golf ball. I'm not saying, hey, they lied about this. It's not that. It is an accurate characterization. It is a lower spinning version of a Chrome Soft X. That is absolutely correct. But if you're you're thinking in terms of, hey, I want a high compression, super low spin ball, you know, super low spin probably doesn't exist in, in that space anyway. But kind of if you're looking at the low end of the spectrum for that classification, XLS really isn't that. Okay. In lieu of mailbag today, I mailbag, no mailbag. No. There we go. I thought we'd break down one of the most important reader questions that you detailed in the article. And it's a great way to wrap up the ball test for this discussion. And that question is, how do I find the right golf ball for my game? How do you, if you don't fit neatly into any of these recommendations that you've made, Tony, how does a golfer start to find the right golf ball? So the first point is, right, finding the right golf ball is trial and error. <laughs> There's just no way around that. And and before we get into the meat and potatoes of it, too, I'll also touch on what Chris said. Right there, You're almost invariably going to have to make a trade-off somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the conventional wisdom is start around the green. And, you know, I sort of I, I hate the generality of that because it's, you know, if I say, hey, greenside spin, that's one some for somebody that means inside 100, somebody else will say inside 50, somebody else may say 15 yards. So um, so I would say kind of start with a wedge and I would say close to the green, right? Harry's big thing. Can I get it to check up? Well, start there. Does that ball behave off a really short wedge shot the way you want it to progressively move out, knowing that a full wedge and a full iron, you're going to see similar results. So. And I would say lean most heavily on the irons because you're going to hit a lot of irons over the course of a round. And so that, that's probably where you should focus. And then finally, you know, great piece of advice, I think, um, was given to me is 
fit the golf ball to the irons and then fit the driver to the ball because we, we have all this adjustability in our drivers now we mm -hmm. can we can add loft we can take off loft we can we can put a, a shaft in that's going to spin a little more or a little less we can do all these things with a driver that we can't do with our irons and so once you've got a golf ball that performs well off your irons off your wedges you like the feel off the putter if, if that's kind of your thing whatever it happens to be then then use the adjustability of your driver to dial it in and, and optimize what you're getting from that golf ball and and the last the thing i say too is and it's tempting to go all right hey i, I know my the best golf ball for me is going to be one of these five you know well when you take it out on the course maybe you know two at a time because <laughs> it gets to be a lot trying to trying to sort that out so you know i would create a tournament bracket if you will right play play nine holes with one nine holes with the other and then try it with two other balls and and maybe do it that way but um short version it's a process there's no kind of quick fix because again while our data can can give you a really good idea of the general performance differences between the golf balls I can't absolutely say which one of those is going to work best for your swing speed, your delivery characteristics, you know, all the things you do on a golf course that I may not do, that Harry doesn't do, that Chris doesn't do. So it really is a scenario where to, to find the best for yourself, you need to take them out and, and play some with them. Harry, Chris, anything you'd add before we go? You know, I, the only thing I would add is is that, and this is a hard part to do, and Tony's right, it's it's trial and error. There's going to be down the road, you know, ball fitting tools. We already see these out there. And, and again, a great piece of that is to help you narrow it down and, and really to eliminate bad answers, you know, and say, okay, if I'm left with three or four good answers, then, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and first thing I'm going to think about is, okay, what are the shots that are most important to me? The shots that I find myself trying to play more often or a certain way that I like to play a particular shot, right? And then maybe it's it's getting a couple sleeves of each ball. And if you do get an opportunity, I know courses are crazy packed now. It's hard to get tee times and all that stuff. But if you do have an opportunity and, and you can go out and drop three, four balls around the green, hit those couple shots, you know, kind of take it through your own checklist, like your own criteria, right? And say, okay, I'm going to label these two balls with a blue dot, these two with a red dot, and I'm going to hit four drives on this hole. And I'm going to go see, okay, did I hit that one good? Did I not? And kind of get some ideas. Where did they end up? What did that look like? And do some of your own on-course testing and, and really think about which shots are going to be most important you know, to you, your game, your overall performance. You might say, you know what? I don't care what else this ball does. If it's really clicky off the putter, I hate that. Well, okay. Maybe that's a decision point for you. That isn't a decision point. Buy a softer putter. Buy a softer putter. Get an elastomer <laughs> insert. Um, you know, so uh, be selfish about it. You know, be be understanding that that what you really need it to do is going to be different than somebody else and, and, and be okay with that. For me, I would say a lot of the times that you're going to be scoring, it's going to be in and around that green. So you have to, for me, it's find a board that you can make some magic out of in around that green magic you know balls. What I'm saying? so i like that so basically <laughs> that's where i do all my my work is around that green because if i'm not going to be hitting 18 greens in regulation and then that will that way it doesn't matter no i'm going to be missing greens i need to be getting up and down to save my par that's where for me the money is made because i'm not going to be hitting every single green i'm going to be hitting maybe 10 on a bad day and 16 15 on a good day it's 
you're going to be missing green. So you need to be get up and down the rest of the time to really contend. And in, for me, trying to make that cut five flipping under <laughs> <laughs> on the form tour. So maybe this, I need to, I need to be having that magic. Maybe this will help you, Harry. I doubt it. Okay. Don't mislead people. Is that the one you built, Chris? Yeah, this is that's a, not uh, a new Ventus orange. This is a this is the Ventus orange and blue, limited edition, one of one CN Proto. <laughs> um, we did uh, some colors for one of my favorite teams, my favorite team. Um, it's actually a Ventus black six X, but yeah, that's what it is. It's orange. Yeah, and I was so bringing this all back to the golf ball. I would say my my last note here, for the most part. You know, you're not going to have a transformational experience, you know, choosing mm. a new golf ball Ooh. because, you know, the, the middle of the bell curve is is that for a reason. That's where most golfers are. But if you're if you're like me and you exist at kind of like one of these extreme ends, whether it's like you're a really high spin guy or a really low spin guy and you figure out, holy shit, I've been playing something all wrong for me. And you you make a switch for from a ball that is nothing like what you should be playing to uh-huh. something that is way way better you're gonna see that immediately it's gonna be it's gonna be noticeable it's gonna be a holy shit kind of moment and and again i think that's gonna be rare for the guys in in the middle hopefully you know looking at our data and kind of apply it to to your game and what you need maybe we can bring you a little bit closer to that kind of that kind of moment because it's it's pretty awesome all right well tony congratulations on a job well done team congratulations on a job well done i hope everybody's had a few beers after all of that hard work because it was it was a lot um listeners if you have questions drop them in the comments i'll make sure that the guys are great about returning and for you yep go out on a ballsy limb with your questions let us know and we'll make sure we're in the comments this week answering any questions that you might have in the meantime take another look at the article we'll link it for you um it's a lot to dig through. So good luck and we out. Bring your shovel. We out.